The Bo Show for SML Entertainment. Hot tubs, saunas, and home leisure. SML Entertainment has brought friends and family together since 1956. Learn more at smlentertainment.com. Welcome to The Bo Show. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the listeners. Uh, we kept coming off a little bye week. And speaking of SML Entertainment being for friends and family, I had some friends and family in the bye week this week. Um, I had some of the receivers over. Eric was over. KJ was over. Reggie um, had a little barbecue. And uh, we've got one of those. Ellie, my two-year-old, has got one of those little stand-up hoops. So we put it in the middle of the, the new house and just started playing horse all over the house. So he's got a daughter, Kalia. And uh, Kalia, I think, is like four takes Ellie upstairs they play in her room and um I didn't know the whole time they were playing they were basically playing in the closet so I came up there to check on them and it's dark as soon as I opened the door they both try to sprint to hide and both run into the wall (laughs) it was hilarious (laughs) so fast forward a couple days my wife's uh father my my wife's father my father-in-law uh comes in town and for like the first five six hours he's there my daughter would not let him out of the closet like every time that she he tried to get like no wait no stop stop stay and uh, like, yeah, so like a dog was, eh stay stay yeah, <laughs> sit play <laughs> go fast so my wife my uh, my daughter's got a new uh, favorite hiding and favorite play place so um, yeah not her big room she doesn't want to play in there she wants to play inside the tiny closet so all right topics we got uh we got cfl obviously we've got some things that went on this this past week when we were not playing um i'll jump back to our game versus ottawa and uh the amazing game that we played uh (laughs) give up our 20 point lead and uh yeah we'll talk about the games coming up this week um at the very end i've got a special guest coming on uh so what i'm trying to do this year with my guests uh it's always gonna be the last segment and it is Going to be a player from the team um, every now and then if we're playing somebody and, uh, you know, we're super focused and I want to get distracting of our players, I might get a player from the other team. But trying to, instead of just getting a guy and, and interview questions, just back and forth, here's this, here's your answer. It's really trying to let y'all get to know somebody off the field. So, um, you know, we had Michael Klukas last week. Um, this week, uh, special guest is going to be Don J, Don Jackson, our running back. Um, so whenever he calls in, y'all get to... Here, a special interview with him. I'm going to ask him some uh, some grilling questions, um, but y'all can find out what Don loves to do, basically post football whenever he heads home. Um, all right, second segment. Just a reminder to everybody out there. Second segment: four zero three two four zero four 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 four. Call in. It's called armchair quarterback. So back when I had social media, everybody loved to tweet and you know, hey, all oh, this play you should have done this. You know, this play you should have done that. I wish your team would have done this. So I'm giving y'all a chance to have a voice. Call me directly. Tell me what I could have done better. Um, don't tell me to run the ball. That's not happening. Just uh, tell me what, you know, in the game, what you saw, what you thought, if you have a question about something. But um, this is kind of supposed to be fun and playful. So armchair quarterback, you know, you can grill me, tell me about a pick that I threw or, um, you know, a bad pass that I had and and maybe ask me what happened. We'll talk about it. And, uh, yeah, get to answer everybody's questions that maybe don't ever get answered. Well... Where like if what what are the nothing scares you right like you no nah, you can one, ask me anything I wasn't here but a couple of weeks ago uh you got uh, you got grilled right like you've had a couple times and you've been grilled on this no we've only done it once okay and the first guy was like you know Bo I know you get this a lot but can you run the football <laughs> the first question I get and I was like 
Listen, man, what happened well, it last year? Uh, it must be June in Calgary. Yeah, exactly. They're I, asking I, I said, what, what happened last year? He goes, y'all won a great cup. And I said, and? He goes, and you won MOP. I go, and I ran the ball 12 times. So why would I do anything different? You know? That's just my answer to that. And that's the thing. I get to answer fun questions. People get to ask me so things. So what is it What is it about, and we've asked you this many times, but now, okay, you're a stampeder for the long term. Mm-hmm. What is it about running the ball? You're just like, screw that. I'm not doing it. Is it just, are you not fast? Do you not? Oh, no, I'm really fast. <laughs> no, I'm not fast. That, so <laughs> what, was what, your, what was your 40, what what was your 40 time in high school? Oh, in high school? Do you remember? Slow. Like, I thought maybe. Well, you, you, you do your 40 coming out of college. Like yeah, your pro yeah, day yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, like but a five, five four forty. Like was, that, was that was oh, that God, your no. was that your peak had, and then it just oh, downhill? That was absolutely my peak. That was like top physical shape, you know, like a solid four pack <laughs> going on. Um, no, uh, coming out of college, at, like at the Calgary San Peter one, uh, I had a wind aided forty. Like we had a heavy wind at our back, <laughs> and I ran a four six. The problem with that is right before me. Because you go in alphabetical order, was Duran Mayo Ooh. who ran a four two eight. <laughs> so like I'm like get up there and they're like, all right, D line, Duran Mayo. I'm like, nice. Like, I get to go out to D line, man. This is cool. And they, you know, he gets all the way down there, like four two eight. I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> this is not gonna. He be ran good. a four two eight forty. Yeah, like wind assist. No, no, oh, but he is, he is, he's fast, he's fast but yeah, he's uh, yeah, that was obviously pre everything happened. See, I thought you were gonna run more like an offensive lineman's. 40. Oh no, nah, I man, I'm athletic. I can move, but um, <laughs> my 40 time was embarrassing. But I'm not going to like Montel. My 40, there. I can't run fast, man. Dude, my 40 time was like five five or north. I'm looking right now at like the the top O lineman in the 2019 combine. Like, there's a lot. Like the the best O lineman was Eric McCoy coming out of Texas A and M. He ran a four eight nine forty. But you go down to like five four but one. Five, I don't think three, I, I don't think three. I ever Impressive broke. wise, like that guy's moving three hundred and thirty plus yeah. pounds. Like four eight nine forty for an old lineman is crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a train. Yeah. Like good luck stopping that person. Yeah, he wants <laughs> nobody wants to go up against him on a run play. Yeah. All right. So yeah, basically you can call in and grill, have fun with it, ask me whatever you want to ask. If you want to ask about other players, you can, but I'd rather keep it to myself because I can speak for myself and everything kind of first person. Um and then <laughs> Got the, we got the interview in the end, and at any time, text in. Whoa! Oh, if that's the giant that, Jenga that was, from outside. It's giant, happening right outside our studio giant Jenga. door. I wanted to knock it over so bad. So did I. Is that bad? It's like, man, really, guys? Like, our door's right here. Like, really? <laughs> I thought that was. I thought it was like a C train crash. I was like, oh boy, we're gonna have to be kicked out of the studio now. All right. So you said you had some topics. Let me hit the game real quick. Okay. All right. So. Um, you know, I'll set it up. Playing Ottawa, and everybody all offseason is like, okay, you lost too many people on defense. You know, what's going to happen? You lost Alex. You lost Thurman. You lost this guy, that guy. Um, defense answers the call. You know, plain and simple. I mean, our defense is very, very humble. And, you know, at the end of the game, I'm over there talking to them, apologizing to them, saying offense, we didn't carry the load like we should have. And, you know, their answer to that is, oh, no, 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 no. If y'all score, you know, 20, we're only supposed to let up 19, that kind of thing. Um you know, which is obviously the humble defense you want. You want that throughout your entire team. And I think that's why we have such a great locker room. But at the same time, you know, we didn't score a point in the second half. And we looked solid for the most part in the first half. I mean, yeah. week one, execution-wise, I'd say it looked like week one. Like there were some definite uh, mistakes being made. And effort-wise, like almost over-effort on some plays from everybody, including myself, O-line, receivers, running, like everybody. Um, 
and that's going to happen. And those are the kind of things you want to hone in. Um, so that's the only that's the only crappy thing about going right into the bye week. It's like, yeah, we get to heal a little bit, but you know, after a loss, that's the beautiful thing about football. After a loss, it's like I only have to wait five to six days before I can go do it again and prove myself again. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, we got out got out to a lead, put some points on the board. Um, defense just, you know, he they gave Dominique hell all day. Um, you know, four picks and probably could have had seven or eight, and that's the scary part. Um, score a touchdown. We get turnover on you know special teams, and anytime you have you have a a defensive touchdown or a turnover on special teams, your percentage of winning games like eighty percent or yep. something like that, and it goes up. Yeah, you went through that last year. Yeah, and it goes like up to like ninety seven if you have one on each. Um, so it's a very special thing that we lost that game. Um, as I told everybody before, relax. It's not the end of the world. It's an eighteen game season for a reason, but we're also not complacent. We're not going to act like it didn't happen. Um, so the only bad thing that comes from that is if we don't learn from it. And I think that's the biggest thing. We have to make sure we learn from it. Um, you know, when defense is playing the way they are, they're giving that extra effort on everything they're doing. You know, we have to make sure we're putting together drives and not the two and outs and, you know, just bad plays that were happening all over the board in the second half where I don't know if we got tired or, if, you know, the focus just got kind of lost, um, including myself, definitely starting with myself, but, um, yeah, the execution just wasn't there, and we didn't finish the game. Yeah, it was, and it's weird because Trey Roberson three picks, and and not a player of the week. Yeah, which was insane. Like, come on, how many guys have three picks in the game? Uh, I thought I thought Greenwood looked good. I thought the backfield looked good. Um, I think there's still some work to do on the D line. I think they're still kind of well. Working that through hurt some things so bad and, that that really got the defense tired because we lose. We already lied at D line. And then we lose two D linemen in yeah. the first quarter. Yep. You know, so the back end is playing so well and linebackers are playing so well. And it's not that the D line wasn't playing good, but now you've only got, instead of six guys, you've got basically four. You don't have a rotation anymore, Yeah, right? so now they're getting worn out. So maybe the start of the drive, they're okay, but you, you put together a five, even a five-play, six-play drive, you're wearing those guys down, and that's going to put extra time on DBs to cover, extra time on linebackers. It gives the, extra quarter, the quarterback extra time to read things. And... You know, for instance, they just at the end were starting to be able to put together drives, which they hadn't been able to do in the first half. Um, you know, the, the crucial plays that I thought there's always four or five. The crucial ones I thought that really lost us the game is two two passes by myself, um, a corner route to Klukas that I missed flat, trying to lead him flat instead of throwing him high. And honestly, he probably scores a touchdown on that play. And then the post route to Klukas over the top. I think it was earlier on in the game still, but that's another one. If I throw it more across the field, he catches the ball in stride. That's another touchdown on the board. Yep. It was one of those games where, you know, we have like 275 passing, one touchdown, and we could have had four touchdowns and about 400 yards. And it's just training your eyes again. Game one, make sure you're seeing the right things, trusting the protection, even though it, there was there was breakdowns at time in the beginning. Um, and times are two where I held on the ball to try to you know, make a throw late, take a hit, and that just makes your feet start talking to you. You got to just be I – I have to be better about seeing those things, letting those guys make those plays, being the point guard instead of trying to be LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's week one. Edmonton obviously gets off to a great start. Trev's, Trev's on right now. Oh. Um, you know, doesn't look like the guy's missing a pass, basically. Um, their offense is rolling. They're running RPO damn near every play. And – doing it very, very effectively. Defense out there is playing well as a new D coordinator. Um, special teams are making plays. You know, I mean, I'm excited to see that game this week versus Winnipeg. Me too. 
Game I, of the week. Yeah, definitely game of the week. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, that's one that, you know, even though you're getting ready for the game, you're like, if it's at the same time or the game before, you always kind of have it on. You want to make sure you're seeing it. That's just, I think, as a quarterback, you always want to see the good games happening. Um, well, it's a different test for that Eskimos offense, too, because you're going up against an elite defense as opposed to, I don't think the, the offense they saw in the first two weeks were in that same category. I mean, BC's got a lot of work to do defensively in Montreal. Same thing. Now you're going up against Winnipeg. You've got Willie Jefferson all over you all game long. That's, don't forget about Jeff Code either. It's going to be a difficult matchup, so I'm curious to see how Edmonton goes about their business against Winnipeg. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, man, it's going to be one of those battles, and all I want them to do is beat each other up. <laughs> Keep hitting each other. Um, all right, well, I mean, what was y'all's take, Hamels and Toronto? I mean, I know it's, it's hard to talk about, but you have to talk about it. Um, like watching the game, did 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 Chamberlain say something at halftime about conditioning? Like when he did his interview? Yeah, because man, the, the announcers would not stop talking about it. They were like, "Oh, Toronto is not conditioned. They're not in shape." And I'm like, I, mean, I, don't I don't know if he said anything in the interview. I'm trying to remember. I I think I don't think he mentioned anything to yeah, that. Yeah, I don't he, know if he did or not. But I was like, where where did it? Because like they just wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah, and I, and that's usually something like if, you, if it comes from a coach, now they'll say it. But, I mean, plays are literally, like, in the middle of happening, and these guys are in there talking about, like, oh, they're conditioning, they're conditioning. Um, I mean, it just looks like, you know, once they get up by 20, 25 points, just the effort. You know, I mean, that's – it's it's tough. I mean, shoot, we beat Hamilton 60-1, to 1 like, a year or two ago, you know, and by 20, 25 points, you kind of just see the, the care to stop happening. They're like, all right, let's get on next week. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys saw the same things I did, but it's like, man – I know they ended up with 64. They could have had 84. Like they, they, they to me let the, let the foot off the gas a little bit in the in the the tail end of that game. Like I feel like it could have well, been yeah, worse. I mean, you than, take you take Masoli out. Yeah. Uh, into the third quarter, Dane Evans comes in, goes six or seven for like 125 <laughs> yards. Yep. You know, it's just that's yeah. And they honored Ricky before the game. He's watching the whole thing. It's, <laughs> I did love what they said about Ricky though. They said, um, and it was probably like third quarter. Is when I about when I started watching the game. Camera pans over to him. He's standing there in his, you know, Toronto hat, white T-shirt, and they're like, "Only Ricky Ray, when he's getting honored before the game for his career, would show up in a plain white T-shirt and still have his security badge in front, just in case the security guard needs to ask who he is." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anybody else, like tuck it away, put it in their pocket, and be like, "Come on, man, you know who I am. Let me in." Um, yeah, I just—it's true. It's just that's who, that's who Ricky is, who he's always been. Um, Definitely a hell of a career, and you know he led us, led a lot of us the way we're playing right now. That's one of those games where, I mean, from a Hamilton standpoint, I thought week one, I only won, but I thought week one was not indicative of what they're going to like. If I'm looking at offenses in the CFL and and teams that I say, okay, that's an explosive offense. I look at you, I look at Edmonton, I look at potentially BC, and they've got some things to work through right now, and and Mike's going through it, but. The only explosive offense I see in the East is Hamilton. And I know that June Jones is gone and Jeremiah Mazzoli has never had CFL success without June Jones as his OC, but, or his head coach. But I look at who they brought in as their offensive coordinator. He's got a ton of experience. And the biggest thing that he's done since coming, he hasn't changed anything. They're, they're still playing. It's not exactly the same, but there's still that run and shoot still there. 
and they haven't changed anything about Brandon Banks. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing that Jones did to yep. me is unleash Brandon Banks. Exactly. Like for whatever reason, Ken Austin didn't trust him. He's like, you know what, this guy's a returner and a returner only. And you know what though, it, I don't know if it wasn't that he didn't trust him. There was, and especially against us, like, and that's probably why I noticed it so much. There was probably like four or five games in a row where he fumbled the football at crucial points in the game, and I don't know if it's like. Like, when we play Brandon, you focus on, like, he's a small guy, got to hit him. You know what I mean? Nothing dirty, but yep. he's 160 pounds. You have to lay your lickings on him. Yep. You have to. Um, and then, you know, before catching the ball, he'll start to turn his head a little bit, things like that. Things we all do as natural as humans. Um, and, like, he would start to fumble the ball late in the game. And I think that's when Kent kind of, like, tried to get him to focus on one thing. I don't know if it's necessarily they didn't trust him. You know, maybe Zach wasn't vibing with him as much at receiver. Um Maybe he's doing his own thing. I mean, I, there's a lot of times like I, I respect Brandon Banks a lot. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that dude's explosive. He'll he'll help any offense. Yep. There's a lot of times where like if he doesn't get the ball, you he, he must pass him. I see him turn around and yell at Jeremiah. Like that shit wouldn't fly with me. Yep. That's not happening. Like you turn around and yell at me, we're gonna have a conversation on the sidelines. You're not, you're not gonna win that conversation. Yeah. You know. So I think just things like you got to be able to get be critiqued. You know, I think if, you know, you're not throwing the ball, you're holding on to it too long, your, your receiver's got it, like, Eric's got to be able to look at me and be like, yo, Bo, come on, lock in, pick it up. Like, that's yeah. different. But, yeah, I think there's probably things, like, that the vibe wasn't happening, and that's when Brandon Banks maybe wasn't getting offense. But you're right. The moment that he got unleashed in that offense, that's very, very dangerous. And and they haven't changed that. Condell, the new OCs, come in, and Brandon Banks is still the number one weapon in that offense, and... They uh, they've got they've got a good Canadian running back. They've got a very high powered passing attack. Like that's that's the only so the only explosive. I gotta see it against somebody else though. Fair fair. I mean they they struggled relatively offensively against Sask and against Toronto they blew up. And I I feel like the Argos are a perfect bounce back candidate this week. I just can't. They're never they're not going to be that bad again. They're going up against. I feel like they're in for a long year. Yeah, they're not going to be that bad. Like the thing is, I mean, I've never been, I've never been beat like that. Um, you never had a game like that before. Never. You got not a sixty in my life. put up on you. You, the confidence factor, something has to change. You know what I mean? Like when that happens to you, I'm you're, not, you're straight you're up. Not, you're not walking in the next week super confident. No chance. You were straight up playing. embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not calling out Toronto or saying that they're not going to answer and respond because they're professionals and I know a lot of guys in that locker room and I think they will but I mean, there's definitely a confidence factor like you need something to happen early on like you need a pick you need a, a good specialist play you need you know James Franklin to come out and throw a good touchdown Darrell and they get the guys hyped now it's like oh, okay yeah I forgot let's just play football and now if it's you know flip side if it goes the other way and there's an early pick yeah that's when a, they can kind of build it's, right it'll just be a snowball and it could be the exact same thing well, I just so. feel it, it's kind of what sorry it, hold on yeah it, it's kind of what happened to us in the second half like yeah. We kind of came out a little bit timid, and Dave even came over to me. He's like, hey, I'm still going to be aggressive. And I was like, okay, okay, well, yeah, I think so. You know, and I think there was times where, like, I'm watching guys run routes, and we're not running routes very confidently. It's more like, hey, don't mess the game up. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of kept building and building and building the whole second half. Like, that's kind of what happens. Like, that snowball effect happens yeah. quicker than most people think. And, and it's harder to get it back well. when it's going the other way. Like, not that it's unraveling, but when it's like, it's like when the ropes – coming out of your hands, it's hard to grab it again and, and pull. Like, yep. if it starts going that way south, it's it's hard to to flip it back to go the other way, no matter how good you are or um, if you're a team that's 
dominated essentially every game of the season. If you have, you know, four or five series or half a quarter where things are not going well, sometimes it can be challenging to to flip that back again. A, because you're on the field for most of the time, two and outs or whatever the case may be. It's hard to get into a rhythm, right? Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. It's, um, man, it's, there's a, there's a different nuance every single game when it yep. comes out. You know, like every single time something happens and it changes things. Like I look at, I look at the BC Edmonton game. You know, I was obviously watching that one very closely because I knew we were playing BC the next week. They got out to a 13 to 3 lead. And the very first drive, you get a sack on Riley on the first play. You get him off the field and there's a penalty. Mm-hmm. And now you give Riley a chance to, like, that's, that's all you could ask for. If you're playing Mike Riley, you get a sack on the first play and you get him on a two and out. That's the best start you could possibly hope for. You know what I mean? And then they get a penalty. He drives down. He gets hit. They throw a touchdown. Now BC's got confidence. The one thing I love, Trevor Harris after the game, she's like, hey, uh, Sarah Leski, hey, you know what happened? You got to a big lead. He goes, we never flinched. And that's when the snowball doesn't happen. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's still football. We have three quarters of football left to play. And I love, I love even just the saying. Like he's a big reader. He's a big book guy. He likes to read, um, you know, leadership quotes and stuff and use those. I love it. I just love what he said. We didn't flinch. And that's all it is. Like you can't, you just can't let things get to you. When you, you know, Don had one bad play in practice today. And I'll say it because I'm interviewing him later. He had one bad play in practice and he got mad himself. He was cussing himself out in the huddle. I'm like, yo, forget about it. Like it's one play. Like you're Don Jackson. Like you know, it's like you almost have to remind the guy sometimes. Like you're Don Jackson. Go yeah. out there and ball out on the next play, and nobody nobody remembers. But don't let it build and snowball into next play, next play, next play. Yep. So, all right, we will um, take a quick break when we come back. Before we do that, though, because yeah. you weren't on last week, right? What are you? Can you uh, speak at all about the Simone Lawrence and Caleros hit? Do you have a, a feel on that? Because yeah. it was. It no, was... I do. I think uh, at full speed, I thought it was really dirty. When it was slowed down, when it slowed down, I thought it kind of looks like Simone starts to go down at the same time. And quarterbacks, we can slide really fast. Like, we can just fall to the ground. So, it, I think it's really, really hard. But then what gets me away from that is a couple plays later, um, who's that running back? William Powell. He's yep. running the ball. He hits he, him in the back of the he head. He gets tackled, yes. Yeah. He's already on the ground, and then Simone hits him in the back of the head. And at that moment, I'm like, all right, Simone, that's just you, bro. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, armchair quarterback. So call in 403-240-4444. Ask me any questions you want. Have some conversations. Shoot the text line as well, 960-960. Will and Pat will relay that back to me if you've got some good questions. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll have a fun little segment. You're listening to The Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back your armchair quarterback segment call in 403-240-4444 if you got a good question man we'll throw you on the air have a conversation um if not text in 960-960 ask me some questions let me know what you think so uh let's uh let's go to the first one we got a little text line we are very busy on the text line for uh Bo okay um this reads, Bo, having never played football, I'm definitely not in a position to armchair, armchair quarterback you. However, I am interested in trying to understand what you look for when checking down to your receivers to allow you to make decisions within two to three seconds. That comes from Trevor. Uh, so what I assume, you, because you, the only thing is you said check down, uh, which is a football term, and that's usually like when you, you look downfield, something's not open, and you have 
basically every play you have usually two to three guys that the you're safety gonna, valve right yeah a little safety valves that you can just check it down to and hopefully get a couple yards to get in a manageable second down um if that's not what you're asking you're asking you know how do you know how to read a defense in order to know who you're going to within two to three seconds of the ball being snapped um a lot of film study you know understanding coordinators understanding their tendencies what they like to do um kind of looking at every single db and if they give away coverages based off their their alignment of their i mean i'll call i'll say feet but uh really you know their butt if their you know butts pointing one way a lot their eyes are on the qb or, or that they're on their receiver uh some guys just kind of give things away and you want to go through and see if you can find those things uh it's not always there a lot of great guys in defenses have rules this is where you have to line up and they'll try to get there late to disguise it as much as possible. Um, but most plays, you know, you have man zone, you have man plays, you have zone plays, you have uh, both sides. It could be man or zone or the entire read can be man zone to where if you are looking at man, you're going to try to go this route to this route. And if it's zone, you're going to go this one to this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a process every single play. I think and, he's also wondering like, how do you go through your progressions? When, when, do, you know, when do you move on to your next? When read? you know to look off option one to go to like when do you know that okay that guy's not open? Like I think it's well, how I mean, do you go through I your progressions? The most obvious answer is when he's not open. <laughs> I mean, because here's the thing. All right, so I, let's say I've got five receivers. Okay, I've got uh, let's go corner. So from the inside out, I've got corner hitch hitch. So a corner, so twelve to fourteen yard break to the corner. Outside two guys have hitches. Backside, we'll go. Uh, curl with the post route okay so curls 12 to 14 come back to quarterback post route you know inside release yep. take it to the post there is different things i'm gonna do versus blitz so if i'm getting blitz i've got the two hitches outside and your dig can probably slant in order to take away a hot so to throw basically you they're sending more guys than what you have so here's how i'm gonna get get out of jail um if not before the snap, as you're walking up, you start the motion starts to happen. You try to get a pre-snap read. Is it man? Is it zone? If it's zone, what zone is it? So first thing, is it man? If it's man, probably going corner to your dig to a tailback. Because uh, your post isn't going to be good in man because you've got a single high free safety. Your corner route is going to be the best option. The only thing is, like, so I'm reading the corner route. I'm going to throw it to him, the field corner. So this is a pick I threw in the great cup. Um, I checked. They were, they were going. What, against Toronto? Uh, no, just now against Ottawa. Oh, against Ottawa. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, we go double cadence, you know, so I send the guys act like we're going to set the ball. We don't, they show cover zero. I check it, uh, to a play with basically kind of the same thing, corner hitch, hitch. And, um, I have my eyes on the guy running the corner route and it's Bakari and he wins, but two guys are running hitches, right? Right. So the DB covering the hitch route, the moment you don't throw it to him, he'll start to back up. I didn't get my eyes at the field corner, Justin Rose to find out if he was going to help play. So the moment the guy broke the corner route, I threw it. And that's when Justin fell off, fell underneath it, and scored a touchdown. So to answer your question, when, whenever I get off a route is um, in man, if it's a man route, I'm going to get off it if my guy doesn't win or if somebody else is trying to help. Zone is more feeling a zone, feeling where guys, so same play, corner hitch, hitch, backside, dig, take, or dig post. You're going to read your zones. Like you can take your two hitches right now, but in zone, you want to try to get a bigger play. So backside, you've got dig, take. Um, I'm going to try to basically high, low, a middle linebacker with my tailback to dig. If they take that away, um, I've got to take possibility that free safety comes down. Uh, so it's just every single play has different nuances, different reads and different checks. So, um, hope that answers your question.
Phone lines, well, who we got? Uh, we got Don on the phone. Don, how are you, man? Yeah, hi, Bo. Good to talk to you. Good to talk this to you, too. Is, uh, I was really hoping it wasn't going to be Don Jackson. He's got to call in about 15 <laughs> this minutes. This is not uh, Daniel Breverman's brother, but he looks like Wes Welker and Julian Edelman out there, plus he can return kicks. Is he a big, a, as big a baller in practice as we saw him in that first exhibition game? And when he gets in the lineup, what do you think his limits are? Yeah, man, he is. He is a baller. Um, he's actually, you know, when we've gone through injuries like last year, um, he's one of those guys that's going to be waiting the win for a little bit. And when he gets his chance, he's going to surprise everybody. And everybody's going to be like, oh, man, that's that guy that had that one good preseason game. You know, in a year or two, everybody's going to be like, oh, everybody's going to know who he is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a really talented guy, uh, young guy. He's got to learn the offense still. But um, one thing I really like about him, he's, I feel like he's very natural, understanding the width of the field and where to be. He's kind of like Mark Quay in that sense. He understands where to be when the quarterback wants him to be there. Um, and that's, that's very, it's, it's very natural. You don't really teach that to people. Um, it's just something people have to feel. And I think he has that. Like the one that really impressed me, that long. So Montel rolls out to the left throws it back to him to catch the ball and instantly have his eyes and kind of know where the DBs are behind him and take it to the sideline, go up the field, cut back across the field, but cover the ball up the whole time. Um, it's very impressive. It's, it's one of those plays where you're like, okay, this guy's a baller. He, he knows how to play football. Um, but our offense is very intricate. It's going to take him time to learn that. Um, but yeah, when he gets in the lineup, you know, it's going to be, can he block? Can he be physical? Can he be a loot tasker kind of guy that uh, can come down, be smart, get leverage on his blocks to make up for his size. And um, and the thing is, I mean, when the ball's in his hands, he's special, so you're not worried about that part. But, uh, yeah, he's going to have to learn the offense, learn the game, and then he'll get his chance. Here's a uh, here's a text from Cliff. Uh, could you please give some proper insight into an RPO or a run-pass option? I feel that this is an overused and incorrectly used term by TV analysts. I know RPO concepts are used a lot in this league, but I feel there are times simple play-action concepts are being confused with an RPO. Could you give us an idea of what to watch for to tell the difference? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the moment RPO came out, it was like the moment anybody showed any kind of play-action, everybody said, it's an RPO. Uh, no, no, it's a play action. No, it's yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like when y- y'all remember seeing Michael Phelps in the uh, the it was the Beijing Olympics when he won the eight gold medals. Yep. And he had the the bruised spots all over his back from cupping. Yep. And they were like, he, they basically talked about like he discovered cupping. It's like it's something athletes have been doing forever, and every athlete does. High school athletes do it. Um, but yeah, it's this kind of reminds me of that because everybody started talking about cupping. I like anybody that that wanted to ask me a question about sports. Like, hey, do you do cupping like Michael Phelps does? Like, it's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, man, people have been doing that for years. So, yeah, I kind of feel like that's the RPO question. Um, So to give you the insight on the RPO. So basically, the true RPOs is run-pass option. Um, There's going to be a player or a coverage of the defense that you're reading to find out whether or not you're going to hand the ball off to run. And if not, you're going to pass. So the reason you're doing that is typically because of numbers. RPO is saying we need to get better numbers on this pass and this run. So we don't want to get outnumbered in either one. So if I have an RPO, so let's say uh, a zone read, which is the true term of it, a zone read, uh, you read the DN. If the DN crashes, you pull the ball, you run out to pass. That's the most typical one you see using the CFL. Um, if the DN is up the field, you hand the ball off, you try to boot out hard so your running back can, can make it through the cut. So basically it's, 
you're going to let one player on the defense completely go free. You're not blocking him. It's the quarterback's responsibility to make a decision off that player. It can be the DN. It can be the Mike linebacker, the Will linebacker. It can be just numbers. So you can go three receivers into the boundary, uh, two to the field, because most people line up three receivers to the field, two to the boundary. That's your typical five receiver set. So as soon as you go three receivers to the boundary, two to the field, um, the Sam the Sam DB to your field, which is your most inside guy who also helps play the box, and the free safety, one of them have to come over to the boundary to help. If he doesn't, typically you have some kind of run pass option to say, okay, well now the numbers to the field aren't good, we're mm-hmm. going to throw it to the boundary, um, or vice versa. Now we're going to run to the field, and if he does track over, now you've got two-on-two football to the field, and you'll throw it. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I mean, uh, RPO, the, the true thing about it is you're trying to read one guy that you're completely letting go free, that you're not going to block, and it's a quarterback's responsibility. So if you see what looks like an RPO and a guy just hands the ball off and gets tackled freely, um, that's typically the quarterback's made the wrong decision. Yeah. Yep. Here's uh, one more text. Uh, Gadebo, why is your spiral on the ball not as tight as other quarterbacks? Does that make it more difficult for a receiver to catch? And your long ball does not look to be as far as in past years. What's up with that? Do you need to – I won't read that last part. Uh, just the uh, – the, the spiral and the long ball. It's funny. I, I'm going to answer the spiral one first because that's hilarious to me. Um, they showed um, the highlights, like the, the MOP highlights at the award ceremony. And they're showing me and Mazzoli. And Mazzoli does a really tight spiral. Um, the prettiest spiral in the entire league, by the way, is Jonathan Jennings. Nobody throws a better spiral than that guy. Like okay. It looks tight, perfect every single time. Oh, so spiral, um, spiral doesn't matter. Got it. <laughs> spiral doesn't matter, no. <laughs> um, oh, sweet. That means that I could be an awesome quarterback because I can't throw one. You can't throw one, I can, but it's the worst one ever. Come on. The spiral is most important when you're throwing into the wind. Because if you're not throwing a spiral, that's why if you see a deep ball that gets caught up and, and falls short, typically not a spiral and the wind caught it, and that's why it fell short. Um, I don't throw a spiral very often, honestly. <laughs> I don't. I have nope. tiny hands. I have small hands. I wear a glove in my hand for a reason. Um, and I throw the ball from a lot of different arm slots. Um, I'm not a guy that stands up tall like Tom Brady and just – you know, has seven guys protecting him and throws the ball. I like to move around. I like to, you know, use my shoulders and my and my feet to point one way to throw the ball a different way to kind of mess with linebackers. Um, and that's going to mess with your throwing motion sometimes, and sometimes you're inaccurate because of that as well. Um, but it's something that's made me very successful in this league for a long time. So, uh, yeah, that, that is funny. But to answer your question, yeah, the, the MOP thing, um, yeah, they showed all of, all of you know, Masoli's highlights, and they showed mine. They showed like five or six you know, touchdowns, and not one of them were spiral. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I always notice. I'm like, I wonder if other people even notice that or not. Um, but, yeah, that's a funny question. And then uh, the deep ball, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Guy, the, he was partially chirping you because yeah. he's from Edmonton, the 780 area code. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. By the way, just quickly on the gloves, did you start wearing that when you came to Canada because of the ball, or did you wear one in university and in high school too? When did the gloves yeah, start? I actually you? started uh, with June Jones at SMU. Um he realized I had small hands um, because I actually started throwing from a really low arm slot. And he was like, you know, hey, I think you're doing this because you have smaller hands. You're trying to make sure you hold on the ball and you don't drop it as you have. Because I, I throw the ball really hard. So right. when that happens, you kind of get that Michael Vick. I know y'all can picture it. The elbows pointing and your hands like looks like it's 90 degrees backwards the other way. Yeah. Um, small hands, that becomes very easy for the ball to slip out of your hands. Like Brad Sinopoli. Like we call it, we call it throwing a sonopoly, Um because he used to throw the ball behind him all the time. And so <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, no, it's hilarious. It's and, and he'll laugh about it too if you ever ask him about it. Um, 
but no, the glove came in because we're actually going to uh, not Ann Arbor, but um, any any Anna- Annapolis to play Navy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, it was gonna be really really windy, and he was like, "Hey, I want you to try something. I want you to throw the glove on this week in practice. If you like it, I want you to do it in the game to see." Um, the moment I put that glove on, the very first practice, I never took it off. You loved it, eh? I loved it. It's because I, with small hands, you've got to try to grip your your middle finger, your index finger, and your thumb so hard. Yeah. And then wearing the glove, it became very, very easy to just kind of have that even pressure across the ball. And uh, yeah, man, since that day, I've never took it off. And what's funny is a lot of the QBs that come into camp now, like they'll watch me throw and they'll see how far I throw the ball and, and the throws I can make from different arm slots. So they put a glove on? And they all do it, man. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I call them out every single time, but it, yeah, it's funny. We, we got to take a break, but all I keep thinking about is you know what they say about uh, small hands, hey, Bo? <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat. Small gloves. Yeah, small gloves. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about, Will. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I've got the infamous Don Jay. Uh, Don Jackson, our running back, number 25. Man, he's a character um, and one of the best ones for sure. He's definitely a great locker room guy. Um, can't wait to ask him some hard-hitting questions. I've got some rapid-fire questions for him as well, which I think you're going to love. Um, yeah, man, so... Uh, Make sure y'all keep texting in, especially during the interview. Text in, call in, um, you know, tell Don what you think about him uh, and 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 the, his his hobby outside of football, which I think you're really gonna enjoy. Uh, so you're listening to the Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. It smells like cigar smoking beer yeah. in here, man. How does it's it feel? It's supposed to. It's supposed to. The Bo Show for SML Entertainment, making family time more exciting with pool tables, pinball, ping pong, beachcomber, and caldera hot tubs, and more. Visit smlentertainment.com. This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, everybody, welcome back. As I said before, I've got the guest of the week right here. This man doesn't need an introduction, and uh, he should probably be the guy always holding the mic. Um, I got my running back here, Don Jay. What's going on, y'all? Hey, I appreciate you having me. Hey, man, so uh, so we're going to talk a little bit last week, a little bit football, and then you're new to CFL, so mm-hmm. a lot of Canadian fans out there. So uh, I'll ask to kind of transition that questions as far as how it was. Going from NFL down to here. Um, but mainly, I like to bring people in, get them to know your story a little bit, and then obviously what you do outside of football. Yeah. I think that's always kind of exciting for fans. Uh, and then we'll have a little rapid-fire question there at the end. All right, so uh, my first introduction to Don Jay. So Don Jackson, our running back, number 25, um, you know, comes in, hard worker. We, we just changed from Messam, so we, we go from this six-foot-four uh, – and when I say slightly overweight, I'm being a uh, nice um, tailback who uh, <laughs> wasn't the most nimble-footed person in the world. But, man, he, he got it done, too. But, you know, Don comes in. I've seen him in training camp, you know, and, and the scouts always come up to me. and like, hey, man, like, you know, who do you like? Uh, you know, receiver, running back, everything. I was like, man, I'll tell you what, I like 2-5. I like that guy right there. I think he's going he's gonna to be nice up here. Uh, so, yeah, man, tell me, like, coming in, that transition, you, you maybe maybe even back just a little bit. Maybe tell people first. Um you know, college, and then obviously you down, went down to the NFL, and then how you made your way up here. College at Nevada, um, it was. I think it was a good time. I think I got put into a good position to, you know, have an opportunity to go to the NFL after. Um, see, I mean, we won a bowl game. Everything went how, how, how it was supposed to go. Um, but just unfortunately, I didn't get a call on draft day. So, like everybody knows, 
that kind of, that's the tougher route, the undrafted free agent route. And it still worked out. I ended up, uh, I ended up going to Green Bay. I got to stay there for a while. They were great up there. And um, I ended up getting released after, dra after, after the next draft class. And uh, I tried to find some places to go. Um, I was dealing with a pulled hamstring at the same time, so it was hard for me to work out for anybody. And then, you know, finally Calgary had gave me the call, like close to the Grey Cup before, uh, the year before and uh, you guys played Toronto. They gave me a call like, yo, like, you still want to play football? And I was kind of halfway in the air because I was all bitter about about not getting oh, to play. Course. Yeah, not getting to play in the field no more. And I was, you know, running that whole, oh, I think I'm done with the game. Like, I was doing all that. And... I love the game, simple and plain. So that's it, I drew straight back to it in the moment I had the opportunity to come here. And I was like, you know what, bro, I got to keep playing. I got to. Well, I, I could tell you love it because so we we get in. You know, obviously we have mock game things like that. Um, preseason comes, and guys. You know, he, he's making the runs. He's seeing the reads. He reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon as far as patience, patience behind the line, and then he hits it. Um, and that's something I always love and respect to somebody that can have that patience behind the line. But my favorite thing came up the first like two games. I throw a touchdown, and this man <laughs> sprints. Not to Don. <laughs> no, not to Don. I throw a touchdown to Eric. This man sprints over to Eric. So on film, like, you see the ball go to Eric, catch it, and all of a sudden from the side of the screen, you see a 2-5 run in. And Don just slides at him and jumps <laughs> up and gets hyped. And I was like, man, I love that dude's energy. And then uh, later the next game, same thing in Toronto. Slides in. I was like, "Yeah, man, like this dude, he's got it. This is he's gonna be that dude that you know brings that energy every game." Um, and then he has this run, and it's it's I think it was like second long, and and um, it was like a 10, 15 yard run, and this man. So hold on, this, this is how it happened. This, this is how it happens. This this is how it happens. So at halftime, or like it was during the timeout. And these dudes are breakdancing on the field in Toronto because they're trying to, you know, build the fan, the viewership. So they've got these guys breakdancing on the field. And Don's standing next to me and taps me and goes, hey, I can do that. And I was like, you know, I got this, like, locked-in mentality in the game. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? No, you can't. And just, like, kind of shrugged it off. So he has this long run on second long. And from the ground, this dude breakdances and jumps to get up off the ground. <laughs> And I'm over here like, man, this guy did not just do that to get up. Um, yeah, you gotta maybe maybe tell the story a little bit, but nah, that hey, that's exactly how it went. I, uh, but it, the cool part about it, I didn't, I didn't try to do that. Like after the fact, like it wasn't like, oh, let me show Bo after. It was kind of just like I was messing with him, like, yo, I can do that. I try to do that during the games. Like I always say some random stuff, and Bo would he would. He would double down on that. Like, I will always just say something random in the game just so I can get a smile from everybody. Like, in the huddle, I'm going to say something random. But I just, hey, I hit the floor. I got a little chip, and Bo had gave me the ball. And I had bounced up, and it just felt right. Yeah. <laughs> it felt right to do a little windmill up, and, and everybody got to see it on film. Oh, everybody man. got to laugh about it. I'm watching that. I, I reversed that back on film like 10 or 15 times. <laughs> I got up out of my seat on the airplane started showing everybody. I'm like, man, this dude right here. Um, all right, man, so – Starts this season, obviously not what we wanted, mm -hmm. you know, lose the first game. A little bit of a transition for us. And the one thing I love is Don doesn't lose that energy. You know what I mean? Like he he comes out uh, before the game. You know, we have our uh, our meeting the night before the game. And no, this is actually, this is preseason. This dude walks in the room and just like, yo! And everybody turns around like, damn, Don. 
He's like, y'all wake up. We got a game to play. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, man, no matter what mood you're in or what you're thinking about, like, it does. You're like, oh, damn, no, no, yeah, lock in, lock in. We got a game to play. Like, no matter what you're thinking about, even if you're thinking about a game, you're thinking about it a little bit harder. And, um, and yeah, same thing, man. In our meetings the next, you know, the next week after we lost, just this, this past one, was like the first one, he walks in and screams. And I looked at him, he goes, I scared you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's one thing with Don, man. He's always bringing the energy. Um, and, all right, so I want to ask a little bit, you know, anybody else in your family, you know, plays sports? Like, what brought you to football? Realistically, uh, nobody, nobody in my family played sports. Like, it's from my brother to my sister to my mom to my dad to my, my oldest sister, Monique, nobody played any sports or anything like that. Um, my cousin Marquise, my cousin Devontae when we was growing up, like that's that's all we did. We was outside playing basketball, playing football, doing something. We was always outside doing something. And the first time I tried to play football, I quit. I got hit and I was like, this ain't for me. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Look, first time I stepped on the field was Pop Warner. I think I was in eighth grade or seventh grade at the time. And I only played because my cousin. And I was I played basketball at the time. I wasn't at all on football, at all. And when I played football, I, I came, I went to the practice. I was playing DN and corner. DN. Defensive end and corner. <laughs> I was playing defensive end and quarter, uh, corner. I remember my running back. I remember the, the head coach for our Power Warner team told me specifically. We had a moment where everybody – um, we were in scrimmage, beating somebody by 35 points. So like, all right, y'all, who wants to run the ball? Who wants to run the ball? And I was like, I do, I do, I do. And he was like, Don, you will never run the football. <laughs> like, he said, he said, son, you will never run the football. You got to learn how to hold on to it, and you got to learn how to take a hit. And then after that, I, never, I, I was like, all right, I'm not going back. I told my dad, I was like, dad, I'm not going back. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going back to basketball, woo, woo. And... I ended up playing again in sophomore year in high school, and then I kind of figured out I was good at it. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody was like, oh, you actually kind of kind of good at it. And I got kicked out of that school, so I went to the next place I was going, Laguna Creek High School. Um, Antoine Simmons was the corner coach, and he was a USC, like, the one guy from my high school, Valley High School, who had made it out. And he was now a coach at Laguna Creek. And he was like, yo, I heard about your situation. I heard about how everything went down. Yo, like, if you go enroll in school, come enroll at Laguna. And when I did that, I guess, like, that's all she wrote. Like, because that's when I finally met mentors. That's when I finally had a, a coach that really cared about me. Instead of just the football aspect, he was like, yo, you, I'm not going to play you if you don't do your homework. I'm not, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. he, he kind of said it straight to me. Like, I guess I kind of, I half-assed it all the way through. Yeah. And then and when I got about junior year, that's when, Mark Neal, he just made me, him and Antoine Simmons made me like turn it up. They was just like, yo, you're good at football, but we're not going to let you take the easy route in school. We're not going to let you not come to school. You have to be here. We're going to treat you like that. If you if you don't like it, go on. Man, I'm telling you, that's 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 that hits home for me because I feel like everybody, a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, man, like, bro, you're talented. You must, you must have had an arm your whole life. And it's like, no, like we have all been, we all get to where we are. And I, I love this saying, we all get to where we are because of coaches. Like, it takes a great coach to develop a player. Yeah. But yeah. no coach can do anything without a talented player as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you you can have great coaches, but at the same time, those great coaches go nowhere without a player that is coachable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, really? that's what you learn. Like, I, I was never the starter growing up. There was always somebody in front of me that's more talented than me. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like everybody I talk to on this team in this league is the same thing. It's like there was always somebody more talented, somebody bigger, somebody faster. Mm-hmm. But a coach believed in me, and that's how it always starts. A coach believed in me, and then that's when I took off. They, you know what they say? They say, they say not just football in life. They say mentors in a community build a man. And I think it's the same with football. Like you have the right coaches, the right people around you that really care about you succeeding and like kind of trusting what you got. I feel like then that's where people take a big leap. That's what I did. I took a big leap on that. Well, the thing for me that I'm getting from all this is you're not talking about just coaches who are X and O guys. You're yeah, talking about yet. mentors, guys who are willing to take some young kids who maybe yeah. don't know what direction they're going and help point them in the right direction. Exactly. And not only have you guys had that in your past, you guys seem to have that here too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think, I think as, a, as a player that's gotten to this point, you start to realize good coaches when you're around them. And that's why I believe when you're in Calgary, you don't want to leave. And when you're outside of Calgary and you start to talk to the players, you're like, man, I want to play for that guy. I want to play for that coach because he understands the game. He's going to take my game to another level. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's I think that's the story for all of us, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to ask Don, actually, going back, because you mentioned you were basically done with the game, mm-hmm. and then sophomore year in high school, you mm-hmm. started again. What was it that got you back into it? Uh, really, it was just... I was. I think I was bored. I was bored. I was like, I don't, like, what? What are you gonna do if you, like, you're not playing basketball? I already knew. Way I'm, too short to play basketball. Way, look, look, <laughs> I was, but I was so fast. I was so like, little one. I was so, I'm so quick to basket. All that well, stuff. You can't do it. But I didn't grow. So it, just, <laughs> it doesn't change. You need everything. You, right? you have to be Isaiah Thomas to be five. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. there's only certain guys that can do that. But I was really bored, and 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 that was like, I think that was the biggest blessing. That, that I was bored enough to jump back into football. And get into something productive. Productive, instead of sitting, I don't know what I'll be doing that whole summer. So so I want to jump to something fun, A lot of, something that people don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a rapper. Yes. You create music. Uh, I've listened to a lot of your songs. I like a lot of your songs. What is the inspiration behind it? Is it, I want to get rich and famous? Is it, I have a message I want to get out there? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody's got a different motive of why they become a musician or why they become somebody in the arts and I want to know what yours is I mean it's a, it's more con- I, it, I would, it would take more time in, in reality but I think uh, to make a complex a- answer pretty simple it's uh, like it's, it's not for no money I just have a real big love of this art like I, that's how I see it I see music as art and I feel like vibrations is like one of the last things that we have you get what I'm saying like you feel me to, to be whole you get what i'm saying I, it's just a weird little artist thing but like yeah i really love the music i get to dive into it i love listening to old music i love listening to productions of music and stuff like that um i want to i guess i guess what i see is i want to build a fan base where people take my message and it changes their life i want to be able to change people's life with my words i play a football i play football which it's not a selfish sport, but I'm an athlete, so I spend a lot of time just focusing on myself. So with that music, I get an opportunity to say something, yeah. to help. You get what I'm saying? Rather than just put a ball in my hand and go do what you're supposed and, to do. And watch me do what I do. Yes, I like exactly. that, man. Yeah, because honestly, that's what draws me the most. Like I'm a group of country guy, you know, and evolved into listening to good music and good rappers and, and just basically just good musicians. And once mm-hmm. you start to hear people, you're like, what really draws draws you into a song and then to a person is you start to hear a song, whatever, you might be on shuffle or something, and all of a sudden this guy's song comes up and 
it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. It says like, man, that, that speaks to my life. It speaks to an experience that I've had. Um, I know I talk to you about Russ all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing, like when he talks, I'm like, man, like for some reason this just works for me, like yeah. what he's saying. Um, and when I, when I hear your songs, obviously being an athlete, I vibe with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I instantly draws me in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, some people have harder lives than others growing up. So there's times where it might be a little bit yeah. different, mm-hmm. but I think that's the one thing is that to athletes, you know, if you're an athlete out there, young guy, got somebody that's struggling in their life, like go listen to this man's music, um, you know, give it that chance to make sure you jump on iTunes and listen to the new stuff he got. But yeah. even from his old stuff as well, man, it hits. And, and I mean, obviously the teammates, we all be blasting it in the locker man. room. Love. Y'all gave me confidence. I, I, that's, I think, like I was making, I've been making music for a long time, but if like, you guys got to understand, like the team wise, team got to understand how big y'all push my confidence. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. First people to hear my project, other than the producers, were my my teammates. Yeah. The first people I performed in front of ever was just my teammates. So moving forward, I think that's that was big for me too. Like my team, my guys, they supported my what my dream is, and and. I feel like I got confidence to just keep going with it now. Yeah, I feel going. like the the one is it's kind of funny the compliment you get in the locker room when when these guys play their music. There's, there's a couple of guys that you know they they're on a different they're on a much lower level than what Don's doing. But it's like when when Don shows you a song because Don asks it's like you with it. I'm like yeah, absolutely. Like like this hits. Like I could listen to this all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that gives you that confidence. You're like I'm about to take off with this. That's why I always be like, is you feeling it? Yeah. Because that's what me like. I understand it, a little head bob, all that, but music is a feeling. Like I feel like if if you play a song, you don't feel something, then that song didn't do what it was supposed to do. Like I mean, I know it might connect with one person more than the other, but if you didn't make people feel some type of way, really happy, really sad, yeah. really motivated, re- you know what I'm saying? And no matter what it is, then I don't feel like you did your job on the song. Man, I feel like that's a perfect way. Like, only an artist can say it that way. You know what I mean? But that's cool. true. Like, when I listen to a song, like, I've got to feel something. If mm-hmm. I feel it, I'm about to play that song, like, a hundred times so I know it can hey, work. Until, I, until I know every And word. I'm guilty. I'm still one of those dudes that when I, all the, all the people I look up to, the music I play, music I listen to, I will listen to the same songs just because those songs make me feel the way they feel. Yeah. So let me ask just to make sure everybody knows what is the best way to listen to your music. You guys can check. You can check. Uh, now we finally got like the album up on YouTube. So if you just Don J Two Wise and put in Jack of All Trades, you're going to find the album on YouTube. You'll find it on iTunes. Don J Two Wise. Um, y'all check it out on Spotify. Um, it's really, it really, if you Google it, it's on a lot of streaming services, <laughs> something that I haven't even heard of. Yeah. So, so just uh, all you got to do is Don J, throw it in there. And um, see what you like. What's see what up? Like. And, and text me. Shoot the text line. Call in. Let me know. Um, you know, now, next week's show. Uh, just text back. I want to know what, what, you, what you like about it. You know, uh, which, which songs you're really vibing with. And I'll get that information back to Don. Uh, but, yeah, make sure, like, YouTube, whatever, subscribe to him. Uh, you know, Apple follow. Go download the music. Uh, I know downloads always obviously help the most. But, yeah. Like Don said, man, he's just out here trying to make you feel good. Yes, exactly. What's your favorite Don J track? What was the first one? The oh, first one. From the last first drop I heard Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah. That's the one where when as soon as I heard it, because, I mean, honestly, man, like, I mean, we're athletes, right? Like, it's hard, I, bro. I, I know, know, but I grew up with a lot of guys that are like, yo, I can rap. I can rap. It's and I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, like, I can rap, 
like me and you can go here and spit one-on-one i can rap with you but i can't do what don's doing you know what i mean like so when i hear guys like oh i can rap i'm like okay let me hear your song and like you know what i mean like there's like just a one beat it's like but like no don's got music man like don's got is for yeah he's got everything like that's that's the difference so i think like like Don has a, a a vibe and a message and and it and it draws you in and each song's got a different you know feeling he's trying to attack mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and I think that's a yeah so no hesitation I think the very beginning when I heard that I was like oh he actually can you definitely know what I mean like he actually favorites. can like, definitely one of my favorites and so I, I second that definitely so one of my who where where does the inspiration come from I want to hear uh, old school guys so you're a kid you're listening to rap mm-hmm. who was the one that got you into rap. Um, Influence wise, I got I got an out I got the warm up J Cole's the warm up back in two thousand eight I think. Yeah. Corey brought me that the homie Corey brought me that CD, and when I heard that CD at the time I was already making music like mind you I was 14, 14, 15 years old already making music but completely different spectrum. I was just rapping party stuff, girls, street stuff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just what everybody wanted to listen to. But when I got that when I got that tape. It changed my whole view of how how I approach music. Like when I I said I don't want to listen to that no more. I want to listen to this. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So that's when I started to look up to you know J Cole, Jay Z, Kendrick Lamar, you uh, Outkast. You get what I'm saying? Uh, tribe, the, the Tribe. You get what I'm saying? Tribe Quest. Like all those all those cats. I, you know who I listen to. Yeah. Um, you listen to a lot of music. Like you're gonna go out there and draw inspiration from different people. Mm-hmm. You want to find out what other people are doing, what's getting popular, that kind of thing. Who is somebody right now that is that is doing something good that people don't know about? Like, who is a younger rapper, you know, maybe just a, a lesser-known guy out there that you think people should know about and listen to? Um, one of the guys that made me get into the game, uh, a guy I went to middle school with. His name his name was Caleb, basketball guy. I remember Caleb with the braids. Yeah. And now he his name is – his rap his stage name is Collaborate, and he's, like, on tour, rolling loud. Like, he's – like, his – he, he's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. Like he's doing it. Collaborate is definitely an artist. I think it's. I mean, it's it's it's, it's close to my. He's so close to my heart just because I've, I've I've seen like the development. You get what I'm saying? I seen it was Caleb with the Braves, the basketball playing guy, and then he flipped the script on everyone and put all his all into music, and you can see the result. Like you can see it. You can see him. You can see him get better through tapes. You can see him get better through through music videos. Yeah. He had confidence cut his hair bald because he said, I'm a rapper. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I'm a rapper. Like, I don't care what the what I look like, what I, any of that. All I, all I know is I'm going to make music. So I like collaborate, it. definitely. I like it. All right. Obviously, let me let me say it again, man. Don J with two Ys, you know, uh, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Check him out. Download and subscribe because um, I think he's got it, man. Like, honestly, like. It's not a teammate bias thing. Like, I've had a lot of teammates tell me they can rap. Uh, and there's only been two I've ever believed, and that's Cole Beasley and this man right here. Um, that's funny you say J. Cole, though, because I definitely get that vibe. You know what I mean? Like, you can rap. You can, you know, not, not sing is the right word, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever yeah, whatever all the rappers are doing yeah. now, like, they're almost, like, talking through their music. But mm-hmm. that's where the message comes across. I definitely get that J. Cole vibe. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to do something with you. So, Kluke was our first guest, yep. and he killed this section. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right, so this is like rapid fire. I'm going to give you like, I don't know, five, ten questions, whatever I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Five, ten questions. I want like one word answers, yes, no, whatever I ask you, mm-hmm. uh, like favorite color, blue. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like stuff just comes out quick um, because I want people to be able to judge you off what you say. <laughs> That's cool. I'm with it, bro. All right. All right, we'll start with easy stuff. Let's go. Uh, favorite movie? The Wood. I have no idea what that is. No, I never heard of it. Well, you guys watch it, trust me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go check I, it out I, wait, then. Wait, I got to tell you. All I got to right. tell you. It's one black movie, like a black movie, that nobody dies. <laughs> All I, right. No, I'm serious. All right. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's a story about some middle school kids just yeah. enjoying growing up in Inglewood, California. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. All right, The Wood. So let's go. We always get fed pregame meals. So let's go. Day before, like nighttime. What do you? What's your go-to? Like I'm, I'm always chicken parmesan every single night before the game. Uh, my girl got this. Uh, she got this, this creamy, this creamy garlic like baked chicken deal. Yeah, that's it. All right, you go out. You with some friends. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Let's say you, you're with your, you're with your wife and her dad, and you're just gonna have one drink. Like you're not trying to get, you're not trying to get too hydrated. You already know. One drink, what is it? Chardonnay. <laughs> You'll find that out. Y'all, y'all will find yeah, that out yeah, in the song. Out. I just need an oak, down oak. I don't do uh, Superstition. I don't have any. I don't believe them in them no more. No? Nope, I don't. All right. You said no more. I used to. Yeah. I used to be big on a superstitious thing until a superstition thing until one of those things didn't work. Like, yeah. I got to put this on and then this on. And then I ended up like having like negative five yards in that yeah. game. So. so you're like, nah, that's <laughs> yeah, over. That's over. <laughs> All right. What's the track you're playing on repeat right now? His own. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm playing Polo G, BST, Blessed Wet and Tears. Best lyricist ever. The best lyricist ever. That is be. T- Don't think about it. Andre three thousand. Oh, what? Andre. I don't even think it's up there. Andre three thousand. On- three stacks, <laughs> Three stacks. <laughs> Three stacks. Is Tupac alive? No. Mm-mm. The West want to believe it, but he did. Yeah. He gone. All right. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Stop thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe in aliens, yes. 100%. I, I believe do, there's too, another life worry. form. There's Don't another worry. life form than I this. I do, too. Yeah. What's your favorite album this year? Right now? Like, that's, that's, that's just... come out in 2019. Schoolboy. Yeah. Schoolboy Q. Crash yeah. Talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah Crash Talk. Yeah, one of the top are you, dog entertainment. Yeah. Are you a music guy? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, big time. I say you're talking music way too much to know it. Yeah. Like, to not know it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like anything, yeah. anything TDE that drops is gonna be crazy. I'm waiting on that Dreamville drop though. The Revenge of the Dreamers two is gonna be crazy. I already know it is. Favorite pair of shoes? Vans. Vans. Yeah. That's so disrespectful. I'm from the coast, man. That's so Come disrespectful. On, man. Vans high socks, man. All right, uh, I'm gonna give you a couple fun ones that we gave to Kluke, and he gave us some Canadian answers. So of let's hear what we got. Yeah. These are rapid fire. I want these quick. rapid. Got you. I want these ones quick. All right. Mm-hmm. Favorite candy bar. Twix. Favorite cereal. Cinnamon Toast Crunch for sure. Favorite breakfast drink. Orange juice. Favorite candy, like in the bag, like not not chocolate. So we already came. Starburst. Bar. Starburst. Yeah. Tropical. That makes sense. Like you a little starburst. That makes sense. <laughs> you all you all of a sudden just pop. Tropical. <laughs> all right, Don, man. Hey, appreciate the rapid fire questions. I like the answers. Uh, appreciate you giving everybody insight, taking the time to come talk to us on the show. Um, 
that's what we're trying to do here on the Bo Show, man. Bring y'all some of the athletes on the team that you might not know something about yet and uh, get to know them outside of the wearing the helmet and the jersey and uh, and what they're doing in real life, man, because a lot of guys out there are going to do stuff and uh, want to make sure we're highlighting that. So, Don, appreciate you. One more time, Don J, two wise. Yes. Jack of all trades. Thank you, bro. And text in. I want to know what the, y'all's favorite song is. Let me know if you're vibing with them. I'll let them know what the vote is, too. I'm with it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate y'all again. Y'all can check me out next Wednesday on The Bow Show. Um, I want to thank SML Entertainment, as always, uh, the title sponsor, but uh, really just friends in the community with myself, and that's why we ended up working together um, because once I used their hot tub, I couldn't stop, and I had to, I had to make sure that uh, we were doing something together. So uh, appreciate you guys. And you've got Pender and Steinberg coming up next on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.